Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other CryptoCurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. What's going on, everybody? For CryptoCurrent, I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching CryptoCurrent Live. This is our weekly show where we bring you some of the latest things that are going on in the world of cryptocurrency and get you a little bit more of that knowledge to help you get from beginner to crypto expert. I'm joined today by my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how are we doing? Excellent, bro. First time in history, we hit a $3 trillion market cap. It's crazy to think a year ago, over a little, little bit over a year ago, once the, the dump happened, the entire market cap was roughly $300 billion. Let that sit for a moment. That's a 10x in over a year for an entire market capitalization of an entire industry. Remarkable. Yeah, it's absolutely unreal to see what this uh, market is doing. And you know, we can get into later a little bit of the prediction about where we see it going from here. Um, but honestly, there's so much going on. There's this huge ENS airdrop that happened over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours um, that has basically turned a whole bunch of people um, into, I wouldn't call it millionaires. I mean, I'm sure it did it for some of them. But um, for the rest of them, it's still some you know, easy, life-changing money all of a sudden just kind of out of thin air. Um, but there's a lot of other exciting stuff going on in crypto right now. So I think we're going to jump into it. But before we do, do us a favor, if you're new here, or if you just are popping by for the second or third time, do us a favor and subscribe, comment, let us know that you like the content by pressing that like button. Um, we are doing these episodes now, effective today, um, every Tuesday and Thursday going live at 7pm Eastern with new interviews coming out with Richard every Monday and Friday. So we got a ton of content that we're pumping out for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. And we are going to dive right into this week's content. Let's pull up our screen here. Perfect. So this week, as you may have seen in our thumbnail, we're talking how to win big by picking solid altcoins. And the first way that we're going to get into that is with our favorite segment for the news. Awesome. And by Seller Hoddle every single week, we give you a couple news stories that we've been watching and let you know if we are bullish on that news or bearish on it. So Richard, let's start it off with this BlockFi news in uh, seeking a spot Bitcoin ETF. Absolutely. So we're going to start here. So BlockFi is going after a spot BTC ETF. So of course, the first Bitcoin ETF came to the market a couple of weeks back. And now you're starting to see um, a lot more tried to come to fruition. One of them is BlockFi. So we actually had the COO, Flory uh, Marquez, back on the show uh, last year. Um, and it's really cool to see how much they have really been flourishing and growing a ton. Um, and right now, BlockFi has one of 25 other applications that are out there to try to create um, a spot BTF. And... I don't know if it's necessarily a pivot from their stablecoin staking, but the way that BlockFi kind of helps people create money right now is they give you APY yield. So I would consider like if the way I explain this to people entering the space is BlockFi can be used as like a savings account for your crypto. So if you're buying and accumulating dollar cost averaging uh, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of the other choices that are out there, if it's just sitting in a wallet, it's not working for you. Your money isn't working for you. Right now, in a traditional bank account, if you were to have your money sit there, you get like 0.01% interest, which is nothing. But in BlockFi, you can go and park your Bitcoin or your Ethereum 
pretty securely. Uh, they do a really good job with their uh, security and making sure that everything's done in a very secure way. And you can make anywhere from five to seven percent on your money just sitting there, and you get paid monthly, um, and which is which is pretty awesome. Now, as far as like APY goes, there's other platforms that do produce higher yields, but I don't know if they're necessarily as safe and secure as BlockFi. So not a bad place to start. I personally use BlockFi; it's been great for me. Um, again, there I know there's some other places where I can get higher yields, but I don't necessarily feel as safe with some of those other choices. So, um, is it their pivot from? Stablecoin staking, potentially. I mean, right now with you parking your money there, now they're letting, having your money sit and now they can use it for other things. So this allowing for a Bitcoin ETF can help them flood in way more money, which them getting more money into their system means they potentially can then pay you higher yields for having your money parked there. So I, am, I'm, I personally would buy this news. So I think this is great news. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm not necessarily for or against BlockFi. I'm kind of neutral on the matter. But for those of you that are interested in some of this staking um, and the bigger rewards that you can get as opposed to having your money just parked in a bank, um, you can, of course, look into Celsius. And um, I believe the other one is Nexo. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of opportunities for it out there now. But I will definitely speak to the opposite take on this being a pivot. I think that this is them having foresight. I think that this is BlockFi basically saying, look, there's a really legitimate chance that the SEC is going to come after us because they're so anti-staking because they're in the pocket of the banks. So, you know, the cartel is coming for, for them and they know that's going to happen. They just don't know what the result is going to be. So with them not knowing the result, this is just them making a really smart move to try and move into ETFs so that they can still survive if, God forbid, something terrible happens and they all of a sudden are forced to stop doing staking. Um, so really important stuff there. But before we jump into the next um, bit of news, I want to go ahead and share some quick breaking with you. Breaking news. Two pieces just coming across the desk right now. Um, those are, of course, that Coinbase just released its quarterly earnings report. And in that report, um, we just got word that they are officially working with PNC Bank on a crypto project. PNC Bank is the third largest bank in the country. And then in addition to that, MasterCard is also launching crypto cards in the Asian Pacific region. Um, This is a really, really big deal considering Asia Pacific has not necessarily been the most crypto friendly in recent um, months, but they are going to be um, working with three of the leading cryptocurrencies, uh, sorry, cryptocurrency companies in Asia Pacific um, to launch payment cards for the region. What do you make of that? Um, I, I got to tell you, I think that PNC Bank news is enormous. Oh, it's massive. Coinbase is continually to put their stake in the ground of saying, we are going to be the crypto platform for onboarding and not just the US. They're trying to expand now into the Asian markets, which I think is really smart. Um, yeah, you have some other competitors out there like FTX and Crypto.com that are trying to like get their mark out there. But Coinbase, because they've been around a lot longer, they've been able to IPO initial uh, public offering. So, you know, the old school way of actually going through traditional markets and being able to actually have shares with that, with that kind of uh, market pressure that's coming from their constituents and having quarterly numbers and everything else to hit, they have to keep elevating their game at a very exponential rate. And it they're, it's very clear they're going to do that. And so this is huge news. And um, yeah, Coinbase has proven that they still are trying to lead the market in a lot of different ways. Yeah, the the really interesting thing to me about this, Rich, is that we're starting to see this new narrative pop up. I don't know if you've picked up on it. You've got Coinbase partnering with Facebook. You've got Coinbase partnering with PNC Bank for all of these, like what they would keep referring to as crypto projects. They're not disclosing anything beyond that right now. It's all very much so hush-hush. But I think that as time goes on, this is going to become another narrative while Coinbase is moving towards something we talked about last week with Chris in Coinbase One, which is this new subscription model they're currently um, beta testing. So they're trying to right now shift parts of their business model so that they can, of course, maximize revenue. It's no surprise. That's what every business does. But the partnerships and these larger crypto projects, they're going to start to be, I don't want to call it a crypto consultancy because it's not the right way to do it. But they are going to be the go-to for crypto strategy for some of these larger businesses that are you know, centralized entities in our country. But look, that is some really exciting breaking news to get into. But let's move on in our next big story of the week, which if you 
um, were following over the weekend, Congress decided to totally degaff about crypto and they passed the infrastructure bill on Friday night um, late. They literally voted on it. I believe it was like eight o'clock my time. So that would have been like 11 p.m. DC time. Um, so this really sucks in a lot of ways just because, you know, a lot of the lobbyists and a lot of the big voices for crypto and the crypto friendly congressmen and senators on the Hill in DC that were advocating for change to these specific crypto clauses. It was all for naught because Joe Biden said he needed, he needed his money. Um, that was the entire thing. They needed, they needed to rush it through. So the broker amendment, which we talked about a couple of months ago when it was um, in the closing stages at the Senate, um, that broker amendment stayed unchanged. And then this new secret amendment that we talked about last week, just before um, the bill passed, was this idea of equivalent to cash. So we're not going to unpack those in particular. But the thing that I want to kind of get into with you is that for me and Richard, you can, you can speak to whichever angle you take on it. But for me, I'm not worried. And that is probably the opposite take you've been hearing. Um, the reality is, is that this will take effect for um, tax purposes in January 2024. And in the lead up to that right now, that's not going to affect the current cycle. And all of the DC elite who are crypto friendly and the lobbyist groups that are starting to come out, all of those individuals have basically two years to get legislation to the floor that is not only friendly to us, but provides a lot more clarification that we desperately need. So to me, I'm not too worried about this right now, but I just really think that it goes to show you just how slimy DC still is, um, that you have a bunch of um, people just willing to bend the knee and uh, call it a day. So Richard, what do you think about this? So with everything that's happened, the fact that this isn't going into effect, like you said, until 2024, you have two basically full years. We're in November, about to be uh, at the beginning of 2022. So that gives two full years and some change of being able to find some other legislation to be more crypto-friendly, provide clarification, and, and get what we ultimately need. Nothing is going to be immediately put into focus, which I think a lot of people had that misconstrued and thought like, oh, this is going to be start putting in immediately. You better have your 2022 taxes ready for the last year, all this stuff. But that's not the case. Like you said, everyone, I think this is a, I want to say this is a, a, a buy or sell. I would say it's a hodl. Just hold on. We're going to get this figured out. There's going to be some clarification. It has to be. Otherwise, the other side of this is that if this goes through, the IRS now has an enormous pool of people they have to start going after and they don't have the manpower to do it. So they're going to have to figure something out to make it be more appetizing and, and, and make more sense before people are going to have to do all these extra hurdles to play nice with the SEC and the IRS. So again, huddle. There's time to get this figured out. And um, I'm confident that it will. Yeah, I mean, look, you bring up the fact that I don't have the manpower. I also don't have the technology. Government moves at what I believe is like a fifth the pace of the rest of the technological world. So they're literally generations behind. So I'm not necessarily worried about this. I think that it's been overplayed in the media as like a FUD storm to try and get you know more um, weak hands to sell their Bitcoins so the more institutions can buy it. Um, but again, I think that no imminent threat says a lot to the current cycle. Let's move into some of the other top stories that are going around right now. We're just going to rip through these guys because we got a really big topic ahead that we want to make sure we give time to. So... We had a big announcement that Solana has announced that they're going to have a Brave browser integration. This is a big partnership for them. This was another piece that came across um, just a little bit before we went live. And that is that Tim Cook actually made a public comment saying not only that he owns cryptocurrency himself, but that crypto may be Apple Paybound. So we could theoretically see crypto integrated properly natively within Apple Pay. That could be huge. Um, a couple days ago, we saw massive. this massive, massive piece from Reddit on tokenizing their karma points. This would basically bring online 500 million users to immediately using crypto. That pause is intentional. That's insanity. 
Um, the next piece that we were just um, starting to get a little bit more familiar with is this news out of the Ripple SEC case. And that is that despite still being at war with the SEC, Ripple has decided to launch their liquidity hub, which is to- it's an exchange. It's essentially created for financial institutions. And I love this because it's figuratively like flipping the bird at the SEC um, in the middle of making this announcement. So I really hope that Ripple keeps up the good fight there. But last but not least, my personal favorite, Cardano. Um, Charles Hoskinson has just come out and basically made public that they were actually holding some secret meetings with the Zanzibarian government um, regarding telecom infrastructure. The entire premise of that is just that they are hoping to embed with World Mobile Token better connectivity for the people of Zanzibar so that they can essentially join the rest of base society from a technological standpoint. And the goal, of course, is to transform it into the next Hawaii, Singapore, or even Hong Kong. Pretty cool there. A lot of really big narratives. Richard, do you want to speak to any of them before we get into um, our big segment today? Um, I'm going to keep it short and just only talk to one. The, the As much as Tim Cook's trying to be cool about it, Apple's going to make a play at crypto at some point. And when that happens, release the hounds, release the floodgates. Oh my gosh. It's things are going to go crazy. Because as you know, Apple is a trendsetter in so many different directions in so many different ways. As soon as it just becomes embedded in everyone's phone, it's now all the cool kids immediately have it. It just, there's, there's just so much that's going to come whenever that switch is flipped on. So I, I, the fact that he's already pointing to it, he's just slowly letting the people know like, hey, just, just get ready. Yeah, it's, it's imminent, guys. Like, that's one of those things that like, I get hung up on because we talk about this whole thing with the infrastructure bill and that's not an imminent threat. This is like imminent news. This is something you can practically expect will happen, whether it happens in the next three months or a year from now or five years from now. This is something that is going to happen. So to know about it and be a little bit preemptive in front of it should give you plenty more reason to be not only investigating this space, but doing your diligence and getting into the right projects ahead of that type of announcement because that's going to cause a huge wave of mass adoption. So look, that has been Buy, Sell, or HODL. Um, Again, if you found any of these topics interesting or you'd like us to expand on it in the future, please do us a favor, hop in chat, give us a comment. Or otherwise, let us know that you don't necessarily want to hear all these top stories and all this phenomenal content that's you know, happening within the crypto world. And you just would rather us uh, talk about something completely irrelevant. Um, the more that you guys tell us what you want, the more that we can actually change the show up and give you better content that you actually want. So uh, without further ado, how about we get into the next segment? Crypto Decrypted. So every week on our Tuesday program, Richard and I love to unpack one big topic for you guys and give you a little bit more of an educational basis to go forward into the world um, and understand cryptocurrency at a higher level. And this week is no different. This week, we're talking about finding winning altcoins. Richard, at large, what is it in this principle that we need to really nail down first and foremost? Like, what is, Do you have a key to this? Research. You got to be looking at this. It's, there's so much bias. There's so much hype. There's so much. You go on YouTube, you look up all this stuff. Everyone's literally saying there, there's a lot of shilling out there. And if, for those who don't know what shilling is, it's people going in and actively talking about a project and just talking that project up and up and up and up to try to um, will you into getting bias of like, you know, if you hear somebody enough people say like, hey, you should buy this thing. You're like, oh, I should probably buy this thing or just anything in life. You hear it enough times that you should do a thing that you're like, okay, I guess I should do this. There's a lot of shillers out there. And we're not trying to shill. We're trying to give you information. We're trying to be unbiased. We're trying to be, just give you the tools that you can make your own decisions and, and have a way to go and do this. And research is at the core of this. And um, not only are Steve and I doing our own research, we want you to do your own as well. And we want to give you the tools to be able to go and do this and get away and be able to sift through the BS and have just information be available to you so you can move forward or not move forward. Yeah. And it's important for me to bring this back up because I normally say this at the beginning of every single show and I failed to do so today. We are nothing more than crypto commentators and financial speculators. We do our research. We actively are looking at projects. We are always very deeply embedded in this space. 
it's super important for you to realize, guys, that you need to be doing your own research. If you're just following one person's advice, ultimately, they could be profiting off of it directly. So how do you do effective research becomes the first question. And there are two big pieces to this. There is actually three. We mentioned this last week. There are fundamentals, there's technical analysis, and there's on-chain metrics. For the sake of what you're going to get out of us most of the time here on Cryptocurrent, we talk about fundamentals all the time. Fundamentals are the biggest um, factor to us because fundamentals get you to find the long-term wins, whereas technical analysis gets you wins in the short term. So again, it's up to you. Decide whether or not you want to be finding short-term wins or long-term wins, but we can certainly provide content for both. Let us know if you want more TA content on here and we will definitely start breaking that down. But in the realm of fundamental analysis, there are a couple questions you need to be asking. Like, is the project bringing to market novel tech, right? Is it a brand new concept that's never been um, before just like explored in crypto? Or is this something that they're immediately going to have a ton of competition, right? If you look at Chainlink, for example, they are the leader in oracles. That doesn't mean that they're the only Oracle. So you have to start to understand these little market segments. Then you need to get into, okay, looking at the team. What is their experience level? But also, do they have experience executing against their vision? Because you can read the vision statement and, and review a roadmap for a project all you want. But the reality is, is that if they do not have an actual past of execution, you can't count on them to deliver. So the last thing that I love to encourage people to really dig their heels into is tokenomics. But even more so than that is network effect. Look and see if they are actually building a community around the project and how that community feels about it. Network effect um, is absolutely a massive get in all of um, crypto projects. Cardano is a massive example of it. Chainlink is a massive example of it even XRP with the XRP army, they are known for it. So you have to answer those types of questions first before you can ever make an investment. Last but not least, the thing that I would encourage you to ask more often than not, when you get past all of those fundamentals, ask yourself, will this token achieve product market fit within three to five years? If you can look out three to five years and have your own thesis for what the crypto market's going to look like then, and then compare that to where this token fits in, if it doesn't have a fit, it doesn't deserve your investment. That's just my personal opinion. But let's jump into the next piece of the puzzle here with what it really takes to find winning altcoins. And that's making sure that you don't fall into the FOMO. So Richard, can you unpack this for us? Definitely. So FOMO is fear of missing out. Um, when we say buy red, sell green. So when things are in the red, that means prices are going down. When things are in the green, things are going up. So if you look at most charts anywhere, uh, regular markets, crypto markets, red means it's going down. Green means it's going up. Most tokens have a limited upside post pump. So when you look at a project and you've seen that it's been going up and up and up and up and up for the last several days, weeks, months. There's only so much upside before people begin to take profits. Um, again, last week, I brought up the concept from technical analysis called RSI, Relative Strength Index. And it's an indicator of whether or not a crypto is overbought or oversold. And so if you go and look on a chart and you pull up, some, you pull up the RSI, and if you see that it's high, 70 plus, there's a good chance you're going to see that RSI start and it's going to have to go back down eventually because the, the sitting level is 50, right? So if it's anything above, it's getting into overbought territory. If it's anything below, it's oversold. And so when, when you're seeing the pump happen, typically you'll start seeing RSI start to go up. So if you go back to, again, the, the example of, of Bitcoin leading from a year ago, last November, all the way into what we saw in April. It was just up, 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 and up. RSI got all the way up to close to 90. It might have even gone up over it. So I needed to correct. And when it corrected, it corrected pretty hard. It went all the way back down to $29,000 from its all-time high of around 60. 
it it really retraced over 50%. And that's normal in crypto. You have to have a stomach for that. And and right now with us being in all season with a lot of crypto projects right now pumping, it's not to say that you still can't get some of that upside. It doesn't mean that you still can't go and get some of that. So again, uh, an indicator an indicator I can give you to go and look at is the RSI because even if a project has 5x or 6x um in the last couple of weeks, if you look at the RSI and the RSI is now at like 50 or 60 because it was all the way down at 30, then if you saw it, you that would have been a good time to buy a couple of weeks ago, but even right now it's still at 50. It still has a lot of room to still go up because again, the the relative strength of it is still in a good stable place. So that's one way to look at it. And then outlier behavior, Solana Avalanche. I'm just going to speak to Solana. So Solana has gone on an absolute tear this year. At the beginning of the year, you could have got it for a couple of dollars. Now it's worth, it got all the way up to 250. Like that is an outrageous ROI. I mean, 250x in less than a year, pretty insane. It still technically has upside. If you go and look at a chart, you look at the RSI, you look at moving averages, other stuff. And fundamentals, even fundamentals, people are very excited about Solana. Solana has a lot of partnerships going out. Solana has a lot of ecosystems still being built. They have NFTs going out. Um, and because of that, fundamentals mixed with technical analysis, mixed with everything else that's like going into this space right now, points that it could still go up and it could still have a lot of upside. And I still think it has quite a You'd also don't want to be left with the bag because at the end of the day, during all season when all this happens, there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of money to be made. And we're going to get into this in a minute. You have to understand at what point do I either take some profit or do I just get out? And I'll, I'll leave that to Steve. Yeah. And look, I, I think the one thing that needs to be mentioned there is that there are always going to be those outliers. So just really quickly understand that they are going to pump and you shouldn't feel bad when you miss the opportunity. Okay. Because it's going to happen. They're going to be the ones that just take off like a rocket. I think, frankly, the one that comes to mind the most in recent months has actually been Sandbox. Sandbox has done insane gains across the last couple of weeks on the heels of the metaverse announcements from Meta, uh, Facebook. I hate the freaking rebrand. I've decided that. But the <laughs> point is, is that like, you need to be aware that it's going to happen. But the more that you're in this industry and the more that you, you know, familiarize yourself with the news and the projects, you'll start to see what actually defines an outlier. So that way you can ultimately ride that wave as it comes along. But micro cap altcoins and these 100x opportunities that you ultimately want to get out of an altcoin they're primarily going to be found in these micro caps. So that is any token, in my opinion, that is below number 300 in terms of overall market cap. Richard, I don't know if you would include anything inside the top 300 or if that's an accurate definition. Um, but real quick, would you define that that way or no? Of 100x opportunity? Uh, <laughs> maybe 150, but yeah, 300 I think is a safe place. Because usually once you get start, start top 300, because of the market capitalization of them, it's going to be way harder to 100x from that point. So yes. Yeah, the the benchmark that I've heard other people use is about $100 million in market cap. If it's above that, it's no longer micro. So, mm -hmm. and the reason that they basically say that is like the road to $1 billion, which is 100x of 100 million. No, that's a 10x of 100 million. Um, 10x. That 10x is really possible. Right, getting to a billion dollar valuation right now within crypto is not hard. It's getting to ten billion. It is like what you want to be watching for, and most of the time, yeah. anything under a five, sorry, under a hundred million dollar valuation will have the upside to get to ten, but could very well go beyond it, and that's what you want. So, in order to limit your downside risk and know what you're looking at. Because again, these are extremely high risk investments. Like we never advise people to go more than like 2.5% of your portfolio into micro caps, unless you're Richard. Richard loves this. Richard thrives on this stuff. He loves playing in the DGEN casino. But we don't encourage first time investors to dive into that. No. There's so much you can lose. And we would much rather you 
not just limit your downside risk from like what you're investing in, but also start acknowledging, okay, when a project is going sideways for weeks on end, unless it's Cardano, you need to be able to cut bait. Okay. If it's trending down sideways and it's creating a falling wedge, you need to be able to recognize that because in a falling wedge pattern, it typically results in bullish momentum. If it is just continuing sideways and you're bored of it, you need to understand what's going on with the news around it. Is there some? Is there a catalyst that is coming? Are you are you really like tuned into the community? If these things are giving positive um, feedback to you, stay in. But if you're just seeing no effective um, momentum either up or down, that's when you should be cutting bait. You should be actively saying to yourself, "All right, I've had my eye on X, Y, and Z project." They are on my watch list. If I need to cut bait, that's where I'm headed. Because you want to quickly be able to redeploy that capital. So very, very important is to know when to cut bait. I just did this the other day when I cut bait with um, Frontier Wallet and moved all of that capital into Superfarm. So great timing. Do your, do your research. Timing is everything. I've now completely recovered every single piece of my losses that I had in Frontier by going into Super within four days. So perspective is everything. Richard, talk to me a little bit about what it then looks like when you find these winning altcoins, what you need to be doing to both get into them and out of them. So dollar cost average is my best friend. It's everyone's best friend. And I recommend it, especially for the longer play, because ultimately, as aggressively as I personally invest, I am also a hodler at heart. Um, When I aggressively invest, even though like I am taking some profits to try to then get into others, I still have a long-term bag of HODL portfolio. I'm out here after I get to a certain point and just letting it ride because I'm playing with house money. Um, That is a gambling reference. If you've ever gone to casino or if you're not old enough to go and one day you do, um, call it house money. So let's say you go on with 100 bucks and then then the next thing you know, you've made 300 bucks. So technically, if you were to put your original $100 in your pocket and then your $100 of profit in your pocket, now you're playing with this extra 100 bucks you're playing with house money. So the way that I personally try to look at opportunities like this is when I'm in a project, I try to get my cost basis. So let's say that I put a $1,000 into a project. And let's say that I strike gold a month later, it's now worth $3,000. So what I would typically do is take out the $1,000 that I originally put into the investment and then if I want to take out another $1,000 to put into another investment, I would do that and stay liquid for that other thousand in case I need it for some reason. Um, And then I'll keep that other thousand that's still in profit and just let it ride because there's, I don't need the liquidity. I can let it keep appreciating. I can let it go back down. If it goes back down to nothing, I haven't lost money because I've already taken out profit. And it's just a really cool way that if you want to scale out of a project, like let's say something is absolutely booming. Let's say you have like a mental note of like, I don't care how well this does. I, I really think that this project has the opportunity to. 3x. And so what you can initially do or a way that I would do it is once we get to the the 2x, I would take out some initial money. Uh, so I have I've covered my cost basis and then as I get close to that next that 3x, I slowly scale out. I don't necessarily take profits like all at once one big swell swoop, but I can take a little profit here like oh it just hit another 50%. I'm going to take a little here. Oh it hit another 50%. I'm going to take some here so you can scale out of it. So even if all of a sudden we hit the end of the the end of the cycle and it falls off a cliff because you've already taken your profit, it's all good. And then you can just either ride it into the next um, bull cycle or cut your losses. But either way, you're happy because you're, you're leaving with money. We're always going to advocate for you to leave with your money and not to necessarily just hold on for dear life and then see it go to nothing. Yeah, let's be totally clear. I mean, there are probably 10 coins or... 12 coins, depending on how you want to look at it, of the real blue chip projects that are going to be around into the like extended future. The rest of these, when we eventually do see that big fall off the parabolic cliff, they're going to go 90% down. You have to be very aware of that. So if you want to like stick with your conviction and stay in some of these projects long-term, identify them, but do not stay in all of them. So when you're DCAing out, like again, you can use these 
um, different principles like across time. But to me, I think one of the best plans is like incrementally after you get in my world, this is what I do. When I get to a 3X, I'm always taking a specific amount out that is normally the full amount of my principal. And that principal amount, I'm putting 10% of it in Bitcoin, 20% of it into Ethereum, 30%, I'm basically just going to say, okay, if it if the price on this coin comes back, I'm going to reinvest this 30% so that I can really secure my moon bag at a good dollar cost average point or on a good cost basis. And then the remaining 40%, I'm going to reinvest. Again, that's just a different um, profit-taking strategy that you need to be aware of. But as you go forward into this experiment, because really that's what all this is, it's experimental investing still, um, with such a new emerging market, you have to really understand where we are going in the rest of this cycle. So knowing all that we just went through, Richard, I want us to take apart this question real quick. What are the next market trends? What do you think we're going to see pop here in the next remaining weeks or months of this cycle? So a lot of this is going to be way more fundamentally driven, I think. I think you have to... You need to use, I'm going to be using technical analysis once the fundamentals are over. Because right now we have a mental barrier to get past right now. And that is a $70,000 plus Bitcoin and a $5,000 Ethereum. I think those are two big thresholds that fundamentally we have to see what happens. Because at that point, if we are able to reach those prices and break through and sustain and keep pushing forward, I think things go extremely bullish and things could go parabolic. The concept of a potential $100,000 Bitcoin on the table, um, the concept of a six dollars to $8,000 Ethereum, things still on the table. And when ETH is performing as well as it does, money flows into the rest of the altcoins. It's all season. It's, it's a reoccurring thing. It's still proving that it's the case. And I think that's when you're going to see a lot of these uh, micro caps have moon bags. And I think there's a lot of money that can be made in a short amount of time. However, again, just like we talked about, when this happens, there will be a point where we're getting close and flirting with the top and people are going to start taking profits. And if you don't have a plan in place to get out, things could fall so sharply, you're stuck. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh man, I had all this money and now it's like back to where I got, originally got in or whatever. And it is what it is. So the market trends that I'm looking for, very fundamental. How does, what is the market sentiment around, can we reach um, 70,000 and 5,000 Bitcoin, Ethereum? And then when that moment happens, do we continue to trend up? Or do we pull back hard? Like, is there just this gigantic sell wall um, at that point? Um, and then we potentially see like a little early, quick end to this current um, bullish sentiment that we have in the market. And that's, that's what I'm currently looking at. What are you looking at, Steve? So to me, that's one side of market trends, right? There's another element to it because that to me is like looking at the overall financial market of crypto. When I think of market trend, I think of like different market verticals or segments. So like you typically will go up on Coinbase or you'll not Coinbase, sorry, CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap and you'll go into the categories area and you'll be able to do some research in there around specific topics. And in these categories, the ones that are really big and stand out right now are NFTs, DeFi, Metaverse Gaming, um, and even getting into decentralized content and um, social tokens and stuff like that. To me, we saw DeFi summer back in 2020. Yep. We have not seen a massive DeFi movement, movement since. And the reason that we haven't seen it, in my opinion, especially in the Ethereum ecosystem with all these massive DeFi projects that already are out there, is because the SEC has already made very clear that they're going to go after DeFi. What does that mean to me? DeFi fall is still in full effect. How do you engage in DeFi right now? You look at all of the ecosystems outside of Ethereum. If you were to look at Avalanche, you have projects like Spell Token. Um, uh, Popsicle Finance, you have um, Time, which is Wonderland, and you even have their big decks, Trader Joe. All of those are DeFi plays in Avalanche, and they're crushing it. 
they're absolutely crushing it. So you need to be aware of, okay, if I want to play DeFi, I can go into another ecosystem. If you're looking at NFTs, they're going to have the final say in this cycle. That's my personal opinion. So I'd be looking at NFT projects for sure. Um, but as we think about the broader narrative, I'm not sure if there's going to be a big push for decentralized content or even like um, decentralized social media. So a lot of those plays for me, as I'm tuned into market trends, I'm not necessarily digging my heels in there. I'm going to target the things that I think are going to pump in the near future because I'm pretty confident that this market cycle is not going to go into Q2 of 2022. So that's how I view market trend. But there's one final question that we need to answer. And it's a really big one. Because if you want to have that 100x, that juicy, massive profit, they will ultimately get taxed out the wazoo by the IRS. You need to determine which way you're going to get it. And a lot of people will tell you that leverage trading is a way to do that. So Richard, do you have an opinion? Is leverage trading a good idea? No, hell no. Especially if you're a newbie or even if you're an intermediate trader, I would leave leverage trading literally to the experts or if you just feel so confident or truly leverage trading is gambling. Like you really need to go in with the mindset that I'm willing to lose it all. Like true gambling. Because again, a reoccurring statement I make is that people come in thinking they are traders and they're investors. When they come in as an investor thinking they can trade, they get wrecked. And wrecked just means that you would get absolutely lose most of your money, if not all of your money. And now you leave with a bad taste in your mouth and you're saying crypto is a scam. Leverage trading is the quickest way that you can absolutely liquidate it. So for a lot of people who don't necessarily know what leverage trading is, it's you're allowed to use more money than you actually have to make more money faster. So for example, let's say that you have $100 worth of Ethereum and you use 100x leverage. So your $100 is now technically worth 10 grand. All right, so you're adding two zeros behind it. So what happens with that though, is because even though you're on paper, it looks like you're playing with 10 grand to cover your $100 because you can only lose with the maximum amount. So if you're 100x leverage, that means you can lose up to 100% of your trade. So let's say that the price of Ethereum for simple math is 5,000. So if it goes down, because you're only using 100 bucks, if it goes down to, I think, $4, uh, I mean, $4,999, so basically it goes down like a literal dollar, you liquidate it, it's gone. But if it goes up, you call it right, and it just goes up and up and up and up, you make a lot of money really fast. Like, it's insane. It's, it's, it's like, it gives you endorphins. It's, it's crazy. But people often get liquidated so fast because they don't understand that concept and you don't have a lot of downward momentum. If it goes down just a little bit, you lose everything, you're done. And I personally have lost so much Ethereum to leverage trading that if I just would have left it alone, I would be in a much different financial situation right now. So I'm going to absolutely advocate for you, whoever's listening to this right now, unless you're an absolute OG, you've been in this space for a long time and understand that this is absolutely gambling leave leverage trading alone. Yep. And to expand on that really quick, just because Richard just gave you a quick definition of leverage trading doesn't mean you understand it. That's the reality of leverage trading. It's complicated. You have to really understand technical analysis to be good at it. And there are sources out there for it. You can learn how to leverage trade. You can learn technical analysis at a much deeper level. Wrecked Capital does a really good job on YouTube. Um, into the cryptoverse does a really great job with technical analysis. And even, um, I think his name's Crown. Crown does a, Crown Crypto, I think is his channel. He does a really great job with TA. So if you're interested in learning about it, learn about it. Go do your diligence. The, the same thing goes with research if you want to learn how to do leverage trading. But I would tell you this, nobody gets good at anything without putting in at least 50 hours in terms of what they're doing behind the scenes to understand it. If you want to do it, all the power to you. Richard and I, we're out, man. Leverage trading is not for us. And um, I am going to avoid it with the largest pull possible. 
But look, that has been Crypto Decrypted, guys. Again, if you enjoyed that content, please let us know. Drop us a comment. If you liked it, like the video. And we're going to jump into our next segment real quick. Blockchain bets. So our next segment on Cryptocurrent Live, every single week on Tuesdays, we bring you blockchain bets. It's a quick segment where we give you our picks for the upcoming week, projects that we personally believe after doing our diligence and doing good research, we believe have big upside going forward. And we break these categories down for you, going back and forth between blue chips, mid caps, and the DGEN casino of it all. So Richard, why don't you lead us off? What is your blue chip pick this week? Oh, man. So it could have went a lot of directions, but I'm going to go with Cosmos. Um, there is so much upside. So as much as everything else has been pumping, Cosmos hasn't. And there are a lot of really solid projects being built on the Cosmos ecosystem. I think its moment is on the way. Um, again, it's been going very much like consistently like sideways. I, I believe there's a wedge forming as well. TA says that it should have a very solid opportunity to um, start going in the right direction real soon. And again, there's a lot of really, really good things being built on top of it. So my pick this week is Cosmos. Yeah, there's a lot of really good reasons to like Cosmos. Um, I saw the TA that you're talking about. I was looking at it earlier when you literally took this pick out from under me. Um, <laughs> and I really do. I, I happen to agree with you. I think Cosmos is a really big pick for the upcoming week. But even more so because one of our picks from last week, Polkadot, is launching their parachain auctions in two days. And when that happens, all eyes are going to be on interoperability. So very, very valid. I wanted to give you a little bit more fundamental reason to get behind Cosmos and to um, you know, pump up Richard's ego a little bit further. My pick in the blue chip this week, of course, is going to be Chainlink. Chainlink has been downright disrespected by the market. Like this entire past like six months since we had the market collapse of like late April, it's made like little pitter patter moves up, but it's not even remotely close to retaking its all time high right now. And I think that that's been because there's been real price suppression in the market. Um, a lot of people are trying to move their capital directly into Avalanche and Solana and the big shiny toys that are new to the market. And I think that Chainlink's moment is coming. The TA really points at that. So go take a look at the chart. Listen to some analysts talk about Chainlink. They've got one of the strongest communities out there in the Link Marines. Um, I think Chainlink's a badass play for this week. So let's dive into mid cap. And that again is any coin in the market cap range of 50 to 300 up on coin market cap and coin gecko. What is your pick? So this week, I'm going to talk about my friends down at Kadena. So there are quite a few amazing things. First of all, it is absolutely pumped, got all the way up to 18 bucks. Um, for those who um, are faithful listeners to the show, you know that we've actually had them on the show twice. We had them back in early 2020, uh, January 6th, one of our earlier shows um, where we had um, Will Martino, who's one of the, uh, who's the CEO. He was, um, came on the show and first talked about it. I think the price of Kadena was below five cents. And then we had him again in episode 50 where we had Stuart Popejoy, um, who was co-founder. Um, and it was roughly around 50 cents. So obviously it's been pumping. What are they doing? They're providing unlimited scalability to the blockchain. They're trying to help solve a lot of these challenges with uh, scaling up and like gas wars and all these other things. And they're starting to have some success and have some really good news that has been coming out. And I just want to point out that this project came out in 2016. It took five years to build to where it is, but they've been building. They've been putting their head down. They've been getting after it. And as an initial, like just being part of their team and like, because you, you, you probably had some initial crypto that you got with working with the team or whatever, or if you personally like believed and had the conviction that, hey, this was going to be something like, I'm sure that they have. Think about this. In five years, you literally thousand x like, let that resonate for a moment. Like you thousand X, not only thousand X, you, you 1800 X pretty much in five years. That is what is amazing about crypto. And when you have something that's compelling and you have a team that's behind you and you, you just, you just keep your head down, you keep turning, you keep turning, you keep turning because that's where these gems are of like, if you can find these projects where these people are really, they're here for the long game. They're not just trying to come in make a quick buck and leave. They're here. These are, these are life 
changing types of opportunities that are in this space. And I'm going to leave this alone. Just want to say shout out to Kadena. Super proud of y'all. And I think there's still a lot of upside for it. So that's my pick for this week. From what I hear also, Kadena's actually got some like big time insider money headed toward it. Um, I would watch it for sure. I don't think that it's at its top yet by any means. Um, I don't necessarily know enough about the project, but I've been hearing rumblings about it in some of the insider groups. So um, definitely watch that one. My pick this week in the mid cap is going to be Sushi Swap. I think Sushi Swap is again, a very underrated play right now. And I think it's in a very, very interesting setup to pump. I watched two or three different analysts give their take on it. And they, these are analysts that like normally are very diametrically opposed. So one of them takes the positive, one of them takes the negative. They all said that SushiSwap is pretty much positioned to take a ride like in the near future. Um, I will give you my personal opinion when it, when it comes to like the overall analysis of it. I don't necessarily buy TA a ton, but the fundamental side of it also does back up. So SushiSwap is in the process of launching their OpenSea competitor called ShowYou. And from what I can tell, not only is it a decentralized version of OpenSea, which we desperately need in this market, it's going to directly benefit sushi holders and ex-sushi holders. So big reason right there alone to keep an eye on SushiSwap. Um, but let's jump into the DGen Casino where we know that Richard loves to play the most. Richard, what is your DGen Casino pick today outside of the top 300? So mine is one I've picked a couple of times. And like, I hope at this point it doesn't feel like I'm shilling, but like, I just genuinely think this is a solid project and it's Jigstack. Um, they are coming together. They have their DAO. They have the Lemonade project that they have. They already have Stack itself, which is the token that kind of fuels everything. But they have an, uh, they have Stack Bank where you can go and stake. Uh, they have an NFT marketplace that's about to be called out. They have a launch pad that they have going on here. They have Santa, which is going to let you gift things. They have their own wallet they have going out. They truly have an entire ecosystem roadmap and are in kind of like, I'm going to put my head down and just build some really great stuff that works. And if, if slash when they execute on these things, there's just way too much upside on, on what they are trying to accomplish. And their entire market cap right now is like, I think like a couple, like 26 million or something like that. Again, we talked about these micro caps where it's like a hundred million or less and how all the upside there is, it, it's all time high was around like 20 cents. It came back down that right around ICO. Typically when you're having these bullish territories, there's a lot of these coins go back to all time highs or try to retest it or do at least half of it. If all of that comes to pass, then that means the upside on this right now is just too tremendous to ignore. And so right now, that's my pick for this upcoming week. I think it's, it's, it's due potentially for a pretty substantial pump by the end of all of this is when all this is said and done in this bull cycle. And that is going to be my pick for this week. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here for a second and again, defer from what we said earlier, right? The majority of these projects, we're talking about them because either we're in them or we're looking at getting into them. In the case of Richard, I'm going to tell you right now, he could be trying to pump his bags, but he's not because this project is very, very legit. They have so many components going for them on the fundamental side. Um, and realistically, when you look at the chart for a project that is recently IDO'd, it will look like there's this massive hill at the beginning and then it falls into a valley. I don't like the projects that fall into that valley and then show just a straight line across. I like the projects that show some type of volatility, but not fully regaining it. Jigstack has that on the TA side. So I'm not just going to sit here and let um, you think that Richard's just trying to pump his own bags. Um, my pick this week in the DJ and Casino is Eternity Chain. Eternity is slash was one of the forerunners in authenticated NFTs. So you're going to hear from another authentic, authenticated NFT play later on this week with an interview that Richard's got here on the channel. But there are other projects that are out there trying to validate the authenticity of big names that are behind the projects and like 
making sure that um, it's real on an exchange when it's listed as something like OpenSea. Eternity is without a, like, a question leading the way in this. They have some of the top IP in the world behind them. They have some of the top names in sports behind them. They've done drops for Shaq, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Lionel Messi. And I think it's like this upcoming weekend or the weekend after, they now have Luis Suarez. From a sports perspective alone, that is just enormous. But beyond that, which is where I really care about, they're currently in the development and and beginning phases of deploying their own metaverse. So they're going to not only ride this massive NFT wave at the very end, but they're also going to benefit once they actually show the world what their metaverse looks like. They're going to benefit in a huge way from the delayed reaction to the metaverse push that we just saw. So that's going to round it out for us this week. In the blue chips, we have Cosmos and Chainlink. We have in the mid cap, Kadena and SushiSwap. And in the DGen Casino, where we love to play, we have Jigstack and Eternity Chain. So that has been Blockchain Bets. If you like any of our picks, let us know in the chat. Let us know in the comments. Um, We really would appreciate your feedback on this in particular. If you have one of your own calls, please let us know what you think um, will be the big pump out of the next coming week. But otherwise, that is going to do it for our final segment, Blockchain Bets. Um, but there is one final piece of breaking news. Breaking news. Our show is officially now going on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Just kidding. That's not the breaking news. The breaking news that I've got for you this evening is Coinbase Wallet is, has officially announced they are going to have a browser extension, not just a mobile app. So if you're a Coinbase wallet user, you can now benefit from having in-browser transactions and acting um, similarly to how MetaMask has deployed their wallet. But on top of that, they've also just announced the very first non-USD-based stablecoin that they're going to support on platform. That is GYEN. So GYEN or GYEN, whichever one you want to pronounce it as, is the official stablecoin of the Japanese currency YEN. Um, I think it's a really, really interesting piece of news that I want to make sure that everybody's aware of. But as we close things out tonight, we've just got a couple quick reminders for you. Richard, who do we have on the show this week? Um, Can you tell us a little bit about um, our guests that we're going to hear from? Absolutely. So yesterday we had Alex Smirnoff with The Bridge. Um, They're doing a really cool um, standard for interoperability across blockchains. Really fun um, talking about scalability and issues that are going on with that. So really good interview. And then uh, Thursday, we have Tim Glover with Rewarding Ownership of Chronicles Authenticated NFTs. So he's created basically, instead of a decentralized NFT world, a more centralized. So this helps with um, more quick onboarding, a way for people to come in without getting into any crypto, being able to spend their money, get into NFT space. They have a lot of really good partnerships that are in the pipeline. Really cool projects um, that's worth checking out as well. Awesome. Yeah, we've got a lot of other really interesting stuff going on, guys. So please remember that every single week on Wednesdays, Chris is dropping brand new content as well in our short form category. Um, He's got another great piece coming out tomorrow for you that we think you're going to love on staking. Um, Also, um, just so that you know, with that move that I did share as breaking news, which is not breaking news, in addition to us moving our live shows to 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday and Thursday, we've moved interviews to Monday and Friday. So please keep an eye out for that. That content is going to continue on uninterrupted. It's going to be great. Uh, But this upcoming Thursday for our first Thursday show of the live edition of Cryptocurrent, we are going to actually have a special guest. We're going to be joined by Zeneca, um, who is one of the top voices in the NFT space. We're really excited to have him on. It'll be a bit briefer of a show than normal. But if you have any questions that you'd like to ask one of the foremost NFT experts, please send it to us in the comments. Get in touch with us via, um, via Twitter. You can get in touch with me via at Steve Miller underscore PHX, or you can touch base with Richard at Richard Carthon. Um, we would love to get some of those questions into the docket so that we can get you answers to the big things that you're looking at in terms of NFTs. Last but not least, you can, of course, find more of our content over on crypto-current.co. We've got a ton of new articles that are coming out, and we want to make sure that you are getting educated in the best way that you prefer right? It's not about us. We want to make sure that if you prefer to read your content, that you can do that. If you're a more visual learner and you'd rather, you know, 
be here with us on YouTube and start getting a little bit more familiar with some of the charts and some of the other projects visually so you can see them in Coinbase and um, see them in CoinMarketCap, be on the lookout for them. We'll bring them to you here. But if you are strictly an audio listener, please understand that we do all of this for you through our recast over on our podcast platforms. Literally, wherever you get your podcasts, we provide our stream through there. So I believe it is as we are putting out interviews every Monday and Friday over there, you will get a delayed version of this show. So the Tuesday show will be live via recast on our podcast on Thursdays. And our Thursday shows will be available on Saturdays. So that is going to do it for us this week. We again, very much so appreciate you, Cryptocurrent crew. Um, We have another great show ahead for you on Thursday. But until then, do us a solid. Stay Cryptocurrent.